Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian, and with me always is the gizmo to my stripe, Tony. Say hey, Tone. <laughs> Don't feed him after midnight. Keep him away from water. <laughs> we have a... Huge episode. You could call it a giant-sized episode today. Uh, we missed last week. Just uh, schedule's not quite lining up, so uh, we're taking basically everything that we would have done last week and everything from this week, piled it up into one big-ass episode. Uh, but uh, it's let's... like you spilt water on a mogwai, and it's just popping balls all over. It is. It is. <laughs> so. <laughs> We might as well start with uh, all of the Gremlins references we've been making. Uh, <laughs> it was just announced that uh, Warner Brothers Television is uh, putting into development a Gremlins animated series. So uh, a movie that was absolutely terrifying when we were kids. The sequel, which was uh, humorously bad, uh, is now going to see a animated version on uh, what will be Warner Brothers' upcoming uh, streaming service. And so uh, aside from just Basically, the information that it is going into development that a gentleman by the name of Z Chun from Cold Comes the Night will write and an executive produce. Uh, we don't have much more information other than, um, you know, it's the first time we'll see the Gremlins in years. Yeah, it's. Uh, <clears throat> I, I just started to think about it after reading it and seeing the animation, which, by the way, since it's early in the episode, and I always say it at the end when it's pointless. Um, as you're listening to this and you follow along on our Facebook page, uh, Proton Pack Podcast, um, Facebook, just go down there and the links will be there so you can actually read the stories too. But um, uh, the way I'm looking at the possible animation, I don't know if that's the official or not. Um, hopefully it's not very Looney Tune-ish and I'm curious to see how it's going to do as a show. But right. uh, uh, and also, we had talked about before we jumped on air too. It's kind of the uh, do you do you since it's Warner Brothers. I know they're trying to launch their own service, but 
I think it would have maybe been a wiser choice on a Netflix, but uh, hey, nonetheless, Gremlins are back. So, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where as more and more um, companies are coming out with their own streaming services, they're almost diluting their content because not everybody's going to pick up every streaming service. So, you know, Netflix would have been a perfect place for this, um, especially considered uh, considering their. Um, relationship with Warner Brothers. And I was just telling Tony before this that, you know, DC Universe, the streaming service for, uh, you know, DC Comics is only here in the U.S. So shows like Titans and Doom Patrol are actually on Netflix in other countries. And so it would make sense for them to keep it with Netflix, but uh, you never know. Maybe they'll come out with some cool ideas for the Warner streaming service. Well, if I can tell you if they land, well, if they move Friends off of Netflix and put it on their WB, I'm, that'll get a ton of people right there. So could see yeah. that happening. Yep, yeah, but uh, we've got uh, at least another year to wait before that even becomes a reality. So, um, yeah, we'll keep you posted on uh, as that information comes up and uh, as we see more on the Gremlin series uh, as a cartoon. Should be interesting. <laughs> uh, sticking in the world of animation and speaking of Netflix, uh, one of my favorite all-time properties, all-time cartoons, uh, Transformers, has a new animated series that's being developed uh, for Netflix, and it's called War for Cybertron. And uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I haven't been a fan of the last couple Cartoon Network series that have been out. Uh, the ones that were part of the Prime War series were very cool, but you could only find those online. And so uh, having it on Netflix now uh, will open it again to a wider audience. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll see um, Transformers Prime come back as a, uh, a show that people can catch up on as well. Oh, I think this is, see, this, this just kind of ties into what you just mentioned with uh, Gremlins and how, you know, maybe it should be on Netflix. Putting Transformers on there, very smart move. Um, yeah, and it looks like... Uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, Netflix is making a big push for original animated content. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they did their uh, partnership with DreamWorks, did Voltron, which uh, I watched the first season, which was fantastic. Apparently, it's in its like fifth or sixth season now. And, uh, you know, great animation, great storytelling. And uh, they actually hired uh, the Gravity Falls creator, Alex Hirsch, to oversee all of the in-house animation for uh, Netflix moving forward. Oh, that's this just is very cool. In fact, how it ties to uh, you know that's going to be in Cybertron, and it's you know it's got the Gen One look. I think that's that's very cool for all of Transformers fans, including yourself. I know you're excited about it, so. I am. I am. So uh, no word yet on when that series is actually going to hit. Um, in the meantime, I can still go back and pick up on some of the Prime Wars things online. But uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be a cool series. And anytime you get, uh, you know, a new generation open to Transformers and some of the great storytelling that they've done uh, is is always good. Oh, Absolutely. There's that word of the word of the show again. <laughs> Absolutely. Take a drink. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on from that, uh, speaking about uh, reviving certain series, one that I'm really excited about that's going to be on the CBS streaming uh, all access um, network 
is the revamp of the Twilight Zone spearheaded by Jordan Peele. So Jordan Peele, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, started life on Mad TV, went out over to Key and Peele, very comedic um, chops, and then uh, a couple of years ago came out with his first horror movie, which was Get Out. And then uh, in a couple months, we're going to see his follow-up to that, which is Us. And he won an Academy Award for Get Out. Uh, he's got some amazing horror chops. And then uh, Twilight Zone and CBS just released the first trailer for that series, which looks amazing. And they got some huge stars to uh, uh, guest on it as well. Yeah, I'm excited uh with Jordan Peele, I was actually just telling a friend this uh, the other day when we went and saw a movie. Um, but uh, I didn't get to see Get Out. I've heard great things about it. Uh, but the, his new movie coming out, Us, it looks freaking terrifying. Yeah. It looks creepy, <laughs> man. And I'm thinking, this guy was comedic and he did that. Because um, I saw uh, Happy Death Day to You and it was it was on there. And um I just think uh, how neat of, you know, for him to have those kind of chops and and this uh, new series, The Twilight Zone, which they were creepy when we were younger. Uh, mm-hmm. And those were way older, too. Um, I think having him do it is excellent. I do wish you could catch it like kind of late nights on CBS. Um, like <laughs> but that you didn't you could... have to subscribe to the uh, yeah. streaming service. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or again, this all goes back. You mean is this something you put on like a Netflix or a Hulu, which, oh, well, no, it's not airing. So you wouldn't see it on a Hulu. So, right. Yeah. Nonetheless, I, I was reading the comments on the page. It's like, well, I didn't want to add another streaming service, but this looks so awesome. I'm guessing I'm going to have to. So, um, yeah, I might have to give a, a, a trial subscription there to catch it. So, yeah. 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 Either that or, uh, you know, wait till all of the episodes air, do the trial subscription, binge watch them. And then, you know, you, <laughs> you don't have to pay for the year long one. Well, yeah, that's true. What else are you going to watch on CBS direct? I mean, or all access, I mean, big bangs ending and right. they have their yeah. star Trek series, which is supposed to be pretty good, but I never really followed star Trek. Not as closely as like Star Wars, for instance. Yeah, so me either. I like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Twilight Zone looks like it p- will premiere on April 1st. So you've got a little over a month before that comes out. And uh, just based on the trailer, it looks like they will probably re-resurrect re- or just resurrect um, or take cues from some of the classic Twilight Zone stories and either make them their own or do a retelling of them. Um, Again, that's just based on some of the clips that I saw from the trailer. Uh, As far as guest stars go, I mean, you've got Adam Scott from Parks and Rec, John Cho from Harold and Kumar, Tracy Morgan, Kumail Nanjiani, (laughs) Greg Kinnear, uh, Stephen Yoon from uh, Walking Dead. So, yeah, you've got some real star power behind this as well. Can't wait. April 1st should be entertaining. Most definitely. We'll have to uh, <coughs> we'll have to see if we can get a hold of episode one, watch it, and talk about it. Ooh, that would be awesome. That would be sweet. 
All right, moving from streaming service to streaming service to streaming service. Uh, now over to Marvel's and Disney's streaming service, Disney Plus, a uh, series that we had talked about previously, um, the Loki series, which will start Tom Hiddleston uh, and will make its way over to uh, that Disney streaming service has a little more information looks like the um, showrunner will be michael walden who was a former showrunner for rick and morty and uh tells me that there's going to be some comedic elements to it and then they also talked a little bit about uh, what the series is going to be about and uh, it's going to basically follow loki through different periods of time throughout history um, and how he's sort of put his hand in in you know swaying certain things of uh, of history so uh, it could be pretty interesting I mean that's definitely one streaming service I plan on signing up for so um, you know for sure I'll be checking it out oh yeah I'm in 100% on that especially I think you know everyone most not every I won't say everyone but most might friends and family that i talk to that are into the comic book and pop culture world that we're into um i know my cousin was she was sad when they killed loki she's like i'm done and i'm like well it's comic books they might no i'm done so <laughs> i'm sure like hearing this she's gonna be excited and i'm like well you don't know how end game's gonna turn it'll probably fix things you'll have to wait and see so um very excited to see um he definitely tom hiddleston is um awesome for two reasons number one he's just an awesome loki number two he dated taylor swift and <laughs> you know how i feel about tay tay so kudos <laughs> loki and just looking through uh you know people have attributed it to uh quantum leap with loki <laughs> even better man that show was a trip when we were that was up. that was yeah, so uh, as more information comes out on that, we'll uh, keep you guys posted. Um, looks like uh, we're also going to get some more information here, hopefully soon, on the Scarlet Witch series as well. Um, that one's going to star Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's false reporting, and that's not true. You get out of here with that fake news. It actually stars their sister. It does, who's kind of hot, actually. Yeah. Can I say that on our show? She's hot. You can, you can. It is our show. We can do whatever we want. All right. Speaking of leaping, we're going to leap to finally the last streaming service television series shows that we're going to talk about this week. Um, it was announced earlier last week that uh, Netflix has officially canceled Jessica Jones and the Punisher. Uh, we will get one more season of Jessica Jones, which is good but uh obviously comes at no surprise you know they already canceled daredevil iron fist luke cage um in the anticipation that uh you know obviously all of these properties are going back to more than likely the disney streaming service with that being said hulu who does have a great relationship with marvel uh has come out and said that they would love to be able to resurrect some of those uh, shows and bring them to the Hulu service, which may work. Uh, again, um, uh, Marvel may hold on to those for their own streaming service. And the, knowing the fact that Marvel is now open to R-rated movies perhaps opens the door for an R-rated type television series to be on their streaming service as well. But uh, 
in any case, if you're a fan of Daredevil, Luke Cage, Punisher, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, um, they may be gone for now, but perhaps not forever. I think that would be good. I know <clears throat> now they are going to keep all these shows on Netflix for a while, right? They're just not doing any new ones. Any Correct. On okay. Yeah, so they're not going to get rid of them as soon as they're unavailable. My guess is as soon as the Disney streaming service starts is when they'll start pulling those shows off of Netflix. Smart thinking, especially if you still have a season or two in the can of, well, really just those last ones, Yeah, which is too bad. They're great shows. I mean, I got to get caught up, but uh, it, they just put out so many at the same time. And I know that's not the reason why they got canceled. I mean... Iron Fist, I could see why, maybe that one, but the rest of them were excellent, so. Yeah, highly rated, people watch them, love them. Uh, I'm currently in the middle of trying to catch up on Jessica Jones Season 2, uh, which is really good as well. Oh man, I need to start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I watched uh, Season 1, um, or can I watch Season 2? I don't know, I don't know where the heck I am anymore. <laughs> Too much television time. out there. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. So if you've got time to watch it, lots of choices. Why no, is it's... cable a thing, man? We're all we're talking about is streaming, which is a good thing. But my guess is cable will disappear at some point. You know, it's like antenna television, where it'll stick around for the few people who are apprehensive to pick up streaming service. But ultimately, it's going completely away from that. I can see it, man. It's going the way of the blockbuster video. Yep, yep. <laughs> Which is why most of these networks are trying to adapt their own streaming services. You know, they realize that cable may not last too much longer, so might as well take all of their properties and put it on a, you know, service that they can charge, you know, 10 bucks a month or 79 bucks a year or whatever it might be. That is crazy. So, <laughs> what a world we live in. Yep, yep. Ever-changing. All right, that does it for television news. Let's move on to uh, movies and uh, start out uh, this week the way we usually do with going over the weekend box office. Weekend um, box office report with Tony and Chris on the Proton Pack podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one, one I, I say this, we're on episode 15. I've said this for weeks, maybe months. But <laughs> one of these times, we've got to come up with some jingles. So yeah. You can just transition into them or something. Yeah. I think we're on 16 now. Is it 16 or 15? It's one of those. <laughs> it's one. It's just another awesome episode. That's all I know. And I'm sober this time around. It's usually the uh, drunk versions. Uh, they get those big ratings. So hopefully we get the uh, Earth ratings. Listen to me. I think we're all big time and stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> but the downloads. But uh, Anywho, Mr. Box Office Man, take it away. <laughs> All right, so it is no secret that the movie that topped the box office was the uh, newest installment of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and it opened with $55.5 million. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that was supposed to be like the dragon noise, you know? Like he's trying to get it on with the, with the little white dragon? Yeah. <laughs> I did that last night after we saw it. My uncle thought I was being a fruiter. Right. Uh, his words, I, there's nothing wrong with being a fruiter, but yeah, I guess I'll just stop what I'm saying there. 
But mm. <laughs> I take it uh, the show right off the right off the tracks, bro. There you go. Uh, we both <laughs> had a chance to see it. We'll give our mini reviews here coming up. But uh, yeah, made uh, a lot of money. It looks like uh, it surpassed the first two movies. Uh, the first one opened with 43.7, the second one 49.4, and this one now 55.5. Great opening. Yeah, yeah. Second place is a movie that uh, I still really want to see, but uh, haven't had a chance to yet. Alita Battle Angel, um, in its second week, picked up $12 million, and we'll also get a mini-review on that from yeah, Tony. That, that's the movie with the girl with the big eyes? Yep. Yep. The third place movie was Lego Movie 2, the second part with $10 million. Uh, we gave our review last week, or last episode of that. I had a chance to see it in between. And then uh, the fourth place movie is one that I keep hearing more and more about and actually sounds like it'd be a, a fun and somewhat emotional movie to go see as well. It's the um, WWE comedy drama Fighting with the Family, which was uh, produced by The Rock. It has Nick Frost in it uh, and directed by Stephen Merchant of The Office. And uh, apparently it's a really good movie. Well, just stay tuned for your little bite-sized reviews, mister. That's what I just got back from seeing today. No kidding. Yeah, I actually saw it today. <laughs> I've been uh, a busy little, is... little man. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. That That's terrible. okay. <laughs> you're, you're like Lil Sweet. Yeah, Lil Sweet. <laughs> it's a sweet one. Oh! <laughs> Uh, fifth place was Isn't It uh, Romantic with Rebel Wilson for $7.5 million. It's not romantic, uh, but thanks. <laughs> sixth place, uh, What Men Want at $5.2 million. Uh, seventh movie. place, Happy Death Day to You, which uh, is another movie we'll get a little mini-review at $4.9 million. Uh, eighth place, the Cold Pursuit uh, Liam Neeson movie at $3.3 million. Let's see. Ninth place, The Upside with uh, Kevin Hart Brian Cranston at three point two. And let's see. Tenth place was some movie called Run the Race. Ooh, it's about people running a race. Great great movie I'm actually sure. from what i've seen i think it's one of those kirk cameron highly christian religious feel-good dramas <laughs> <laughs> should have been straight to netflix yep in yep. a world starring mike siever <laughs> only when your sister's a hot dj tanner you better run the race run the race now playing in a theater near a church near you <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> so that rounds out the uh, weekend box office. Uh, might as well go into some of the movies we've seen, our mini reviews. Let's start with How to Train Your Dragon. Um, I took my boys to go see it. Uh, I had seen the first two movies, which were very well done. Uh, DreamWorks movies, so more in the vein of like Shrek as opposed to the Pixar ones. Um, the third movie, the third installment, was very good. Um, you know, uh, animation-wise, I mean, some of the things that they can do. Um, I don't know if you noticed, like the grains in the sand on the beach looked so like photorealistic. Oh. It was crazy. Beautiful, yeah. And you know, you get 
the same characters, most of the voice actors returning, and it was a good way to sort of close out the How to Train Your Dragon series. The only thing that was a little off-putting, but has its reason for it, is um, the actor who played Tough Nut previously was T.J. Miller. And of course, he's sort of been blacklisted from Hollywood now. Um, and they brought in somebody else who tried to do an impression of him, didn't quite quite work out but uh you know that was really sort of the only thing that was off-putting for me for the movie that would have uh that explains it i was actually thinking that when i was watching it i was like it sounds like tj miller and then at times it didn't um because for me i did it backwards this was the first of the three i've ever seen so (laughs) so i'm gonna do it backwards like this was the first one and i'll go backwards each one will be like a prequel right <laughs> yeah that's how i'm just gonna do that because then tj miller re-exists you know like so so that yeah, works. Yeah. yeah 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 i i thought it was good too for uh i thought the animation was beautiful the story was great it was entertaining um it's kind of i kept joking that the two dragons just wanted to keep getting it on but right. uh, you know that's <laughs> what happens when you take an adult to a kid movie you're gonna think dirty the whole time i'm that's why i did that whole <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah i'd give it a thumbs up on uh on ours so a brief quick horrible review thumbs up for me yeah me as well um any type of action movie like this you know even though it's a comedy action um is only as good as it's the bad guy and the bad guy in this one was fantastic you know you always want to have your heroes go up against a character that seems unbeatable hence thanos and the avengers um to see what they can overcome. And I think they definitely accomplished that in this film and the prior films as well. Yeah, I thought it was great. I can't wait. I'm actually going to go back and see the other two now. I liked it that much. Cool, cool. So the next movie we're going to get a mini review on is one that I've been excited about, just haven't had the time to see it yet, uh, Alita Battle Angel, which is uh, the James Cameron two-decade project that uh, he's been working on and uh, he handed the reins over to Robert Rodriguez to direct and uh, when all was said and done how'd it turn out Tone? Uh, For me I went in actually because we had joked about this this is one of those Fox properties that kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed and usually when you delay a movie so much it means it's bad (laughs) yeah I mean history pretty much speaks that so I went in low expectations and I left beyond happy. Um, for me, I and I found out just days before the movie that it was based off a Japanese graphic novel. Um, I think the time that they put into it was actually for the better. Uh, the detail, the story was great. Um, for me, this is my favorite movie of 2019 so far um, and the most surprising one. I definitely got to give it a five out of five. Um, I on my uh, horrible review page, I put uh, five big eyes out of five big eyes because damn, her eyes are huge. Um, <laughs> to me, it was like a badass Pixar Terminator like movie. Great sci-fi, uh, great sci-fi flick. So um, highly recommend it. The only regret I have in it is not seeing it like on a imax or maybe 3d it was so well done robert rodriguez did a fantastic job so highly recommend that yeah and the movie was shot in 3d um very similar to avatar obviously with james cameron in there so the 3d effects 
in this movie should be uh, crisper and cleaner and less off-putting than most of the movies that come out in 3D, which are converted after the fact. Also, Christopher, like you said last week, anything Christopher Waltz does you love, you're mm. going to love it, dude. He's awesome in it. Excellent. Excellent in there. Um, again, can't say enough good things about this movie. Really, really liked it. Cool, cool. Well, tell us about uh, the movie you just got back from seeing, Fighting With My Family. If you smell what the rock... Okay, that was bad. I don't, <laughs> I don't do a good rock impersonation. But that's how it actually starts. It starts with the rock's theme music. starts out on an episode of Monday Night Raw, and they recap a lot of the Attitude Era, which is an era you and I grew up like in wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still the WWF. Of course, they never caught the WWF in it, and it's WWE... Um, it follows Paige, uh, one of their uh, diva wrestlers that uh, helped start the women's revolution. Because nowadays, what's different from when you and I used to watch it um, is the women are on the forefront. Like, there's actual really good women's wrestlers. Ronda Rousey's there now. I mean, oh, she was not a wrestler, but she transitioned really well. Um, so it's more than, as the movie puts it, tits and ass. Right. Which is what what we liked, you know. The yeah, they used Wilsons. to be nothing more than escorts, oh. really. Yeah, you know? well, and there was a lot of tongue and cheek jokes about that in the movie. Uh, Vince Vaughn plays the uh, head recruit for uh, NXT, which is uh, their developmental program, um, and it follows Paige and her brother. I guess you could just read the synopsis uh, and get the gist. You just want the quick review, not the whole story. So, um, with that being said, for being a biop, um, it was definitely funny. It was entertaining. It had its moments of sad. Uh, Nick Frost is awesome. I couldn't just get over Always. him. <laughs> uh, him being this badass dad wrestler. He goes, you will be a wrestler. We're all wrestlers. He goes, oh, you're going to be a bank robber. Um, the humor, he is humorous in it. And it had a, oh, man, I don't have her name off me, so you might have to help me. But she's the uh, main main villain in uh, Game of Thrones. Lena Nia, Lena Headey, thank you. Yeah. You helped me with that stuff. I didn't have my notes <laughs> ready. But uh, she plays the mom, and uh, what a fantastic, um, uh, fantastic movie. And the only thing is, is, of course, they didn't actually use, like, the real wrestlers' names other than Paige. Because, um, obviously, they didn't want to paint anybody to be a bitch backstage because there's a couple of hot – oh, gosh, man, the women in that movie <laughs> were hot. But they – I couldn't tell you what wrestlers they ended up to become or if they made it or how they or whatever. But uh, there is some cameos from like John Cena, The Rock, Big Show, Sheamus. I think people that are typically in movies that are from wrestling were in it. But uh, yeah, (laughs) um, very enjoyable flick. I would definitely give it a thumbs up. I would say don't go. Don't go like on a main expensive time to go see it, maybe a matinee, but uh Definitely worth a watch. I was pleasantly surprised for being a uh, WWE movie. Very cool. Yeah. And then, then final, uh, the final movie, mini movie review, Happy Death Day to You, or the horror version of Groundhog Day, however you want to put that. Uh, <laughs> what was your thoughts on that one, Tom? <laughs> Keep it brief. I liked it a lot. And the reason why I liked it a lot was it was Scream meets Back to the Future 2 meets Groundhog Day and it just combined it. So the gist of the movie was they went back to the original and the original was just Groundhog Day scream. Mm-hmm. And then part two, they were stuck in a time loop and they explained why the first one happened. So it actually made sense because the first one didn't explain why she kept coming back or the second one does. 
and it and they totally reference back to the future too in the movie no kidding they're like like, hey am i gonna see doc brown and the delorean and the running joke with the main girl is she's never seen these 80s movies so like in the first movie she said uh uh, he goes well he goes i bet you're living your life like groundhog day and she goes like what and he goes (laughs) you know bill murray bill murray movie groundhog day she goes who's bill murray he goes Ghostbusters, and she goes, "What's Ghostbusters?" So, they, <laughs> so it's nice tongue in cheek. And then in this one, they're like, "Oh, is Doc Brown? You got to avoid Doc Brown if you see him in the DeLorean. Don't get in it." And she goes, "Who's Doc Brown? What's a DeLorean?" They're like, "Back to the Future 2. And then someone's like, "Oh yeah, you'll see your future." And it was just great. So, <laughs> um, but you have to see the first one to understand the second one. That's that is definitely a prerequisite. You can't do. What I did with How to Train Your Dragons, you got to totally see the first for the second to make sense. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense to you. Yeah. And when the first one came out, you know, I'm not a big fan of PG-13 PG uh, horror movies just because they tend to be toned down and, and you know, teeny boppy versus, you know, a true horror movie. Uh, but the way they marketed the first one was that it was a f- straight on horror movie. Then I saw the preview for the second one where it seemed more like a straight uh, comedy almost that was also a horror movie. And I don't know if that comedy was present in the first movie as much as it was in the second one or if they finally realized that uh, more people will see the second one because they realize it's got more of that comedic element. Yeah, no, the first one was very comedic in its own right. It was basically, if you can go back, if you liked Scream, like from our generation since we're older now um it's it's kind of like that kind of humor like it's not scary it's a slasher flick kind of it will say a light i'm using air quotes you can't see it air quotes (laughs) a light a light slasher flick so um i enjoyed it though i i recommend both of them i really liked them i was very surprised and i like being surprised on movies i think are gonna suck so i'm happy with that (laughs) So that does it for our mini reviews this week. Um, you know, you talked about uh, fighting with the family being a biopic. Our trailer of the week, if you want to give the theme song tone. Yeah. On the trailer of the week this week, it's going to rock in your streets. It's the trailer of the week on the Proton Pack podcast. It gets worse and worse every week. This is why we need to come up with a good one. So it just plays it. Right. Or somebody out there who's uh, good with music and would volunteer to put those together to, for us. That would be Please. even better. I'm going to torture you every week with something crappier and crappier. <laughs> so the trailer of the week is a, another biopic for, um, you know, we don't talk about uh, our other love too much here on uh, this podcast of uh, hard rock, heavy metal music. But, uh, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody just got huge accolades uh, for what it did for Queen. And now we're going to see the um, adaptation of uh, Nikki Six's The Dirt as a biopic for Motley Crue as a straight-to-Netflix movie. And, uh, you know, the trailer's almost three minutes long, and it looks like what a biopic should be, an R-rated, true telling of how crazy these guys were. Yeah, I uh, I am stoked, dude. You and I go way back. We have so many Motley stories, and that was our old days on from the pits. I just wanted to do that. Um, we used to talk about that stuff. But uh, 
Motley Crue is both uh, Christian and I's uh, one of our favorite bands of all time. And uh, man, reading that book, I felt dirty. I felt like I was a part of crimes and stuff I shouldn't have been a part of. And uh, I liked it. Um, yeah, and now we get to see that realized yeah. on. I was thinking screen. about I was thinking about this last night. Um, I wish it was the big screen. We could see it at home. I guess we we call it the big screen. <laughs> the medium um, screen. <laughs> the medium screen. You know what I was thinking is, how do you tell a bitchin' lifestyle that Motley Crue had in two hours? I I'm sure they're gonna cover tons of awesome stuff, but I got a feeling it might be a little rushed. But I'm still excited. But what I was thinking last night was. This would have been awesome if they just did a mini series. Yeah. Of the dirt. And it's just like, okay, this was Motley from 81 to, I don't know, we'll say 89 or something. And then when Vince left the band and all that trouble, they could have done it like maybe in a, a real short mini series. Didn't have to be anything episodic and yeah, probably three squeezed parts out. And... Yeah, three, four. Yeah, where you get multiple more hours and everything up to their reunion and the deaths. And, oh, man. But either way fantastic i even like the new song they released with it too yeah yeah definitely I and we don't adding machine gun kelly was gonna be terrible but it actually <laughs> fits just fine so yep <laughs> who actually plays tommy lee in the uh in the movie in there's yeah dude i watched they had to cover up all his tattoos he was already tatted up yeah <laughs> and they had to make him look like a young tommy with no tats and only to eventually get more t i don't know I'm excited. If you liked Motley Crue, if you have Netflix, got a feeling this is going to be a must watch. Yeah. And you don't have to wait long, too. It uh, comes out March 22nd, so just under a month. And you can watch the trailer on our page. So feel free to go there if you haven't seen it. And, do uh, it. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> There's no Arnold in it. It's just Motley Crue. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Netflix and biopics seems to be that uh, we've got a lot of repeating trends this week. Uh, another announcement that came out that should be pretty interesting is that uh, Crims Hem Crims Crim <laughs> Crims forever Crims the Crimson. <laughs> yep. Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is going to be playing uh, Hulk Hogan in a uh, Netflix biopic uh, directed by Todd Phillips, who yeah, you know Jonah from Hill Hangover is movies. Play mean Gene Okerlund. Is he really? No. No, I was going to say, that would be hilarious. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. When the Thanos dude brings out the Infinity Gauntlet, brother, I'm going to lay, I was going to say, the smack it down, but that's the Rock's line, brother, <laughs> brother, brother. Hogan was lame. Give me, give me a Macho Man Randy Savage biopic. Oh, I wonder, when this is not even going to cover the good years, I think this is just how he got into wrestling. Well, you know, it, my guess is it'll cover at least the, you know, through the um, uh, WrestleMania where he went against uh, Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. That would be good because that was what, WrestleMania 3? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we'll probably see some portrayals of, you know, characters that we're familiar with you know whether it is macho man or brutus the barber beefcake oh, yeah, or yeah don't like the brutus the barber no i don't uh, yeah <laughs> you know so. if it's chris hemsworth if he can make the sh the shitty ghostbuster reboot like his part good i got faith he'll do the hulkster good yeah and you look at him side by side i think he'll give a good representation of 
you know, Hulk Hogan as well. You better say, well, let me tell you something, mean Gene. <laughs> that's, that's it. And he's got to say brother a lot. Brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the only thing that's sort of worry to this is that uh, Hulk Hogan himself is a executive producer. So they're probably going to leave out some of the sketchier things that happened throughout his <laughs> oh, life. Yeah. It's not, oh yeah, they're not going to get to the gawker porn star thing or him no. saying the n-word and not, none of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's in good hands. You know, Todd Phillips is directing. Again, Chris Hemsworth is starring. Um, so weird that Todd Phillips is doing these things. Remember, he just made simple movies like Road Trip and The Hangover. Yeah. Now he's yeah. doing Hulk Hogan biopics. And, and the uh, Joker movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to reserve judgment till I see an actual trailer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, speaking of Chris Hemsworth movies and things that he didn't destroy that uh, people are trying to fix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we announced a couple of weeks back the announcement of the Ghostbusters 3 with Jason Reitman directing um, something that both Tony and I are overly excited about one of those things where hopefully we don't get our expectations too high that we're let down but as of yet all of the information coming out on it looks like everything we want it to be and so uh, jason reitman was on the bill burr monday morning podcast and was saying that uh you know this movie is going to be a love letter to ghostbusters he loves the franchise. He's putting it back in the hands of the fans and uh, really is returning to everything that made the first two movies so great. Yeah, I like uh, what I was telling you before I sent you the article, too. I Just reading it, um, just knowing that it's in such good hands and, you know, how he keeps saying he was the first Ghostbuster fan because his dad, you know, was the one that directed it. And it's just... I like how the coming soon was actually they cut it out mm -hmm. and they had to like shoot a picture of it to put it in there because to get the actual font to make it feel very 1984 again. So, yeah, and the, how they went back and re uh, found the original sound files for the proton pack and, uh, you know, the original score and, and just the love that they're giving to it so far. Oh, I'm super excited. And, you know, like we just talked about, Chris Hemsworth's part in that last one was good, but what a terrible movie. And it's not because it was women. Let's get that straight. Women are badass. I hope they I hope they have a good mix of men and women in this new one. But it just did not do the film justice. It tried to be this weird standalone and just sucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the comedy wasn't on point with the original, and it, it just didn't hold up. It's funny, I don't know if you read uh, the last paragraph of this article but uh you know leslie jones who was in that remake you know she keeps speaking out about it and basically <laughs> said that uh this version would be compared to uh something that trump would do and so you know why oh would you have gosh. to make it political and you know it's she's pissed because she ain't gonna be in it and no offense yeah. like i don't know leslie jones but you're not no, I don't want you in my Ghostbuster movie. Stay out. You sucked. Yeah. yeah. Come find me. I'm just a nerd somewhere in Colorado. Good luck. Right. <laughs> You're terrible. And then watch I'm on Saturday Night Live or BFFs. Remember that time on your little podcast? No. No, that wasn't me. 
<laughs> so in any case, this is, you know, a movie that we're going to be following very closely. So as more information comes out, we will bring it to you. Can't wait. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, franchises that uh, we talk pretty regularly about. Uh, the first is that J.J. Uh, Abrams had posted a emotional photo commemorating the wrapping of uh, episode nine star wars um and basically you've got uh, um, uh daisy ridley john boyega and oscar isaac all hugging in a jacku set and uh you know it's one of those things that you know this closes out that series of movies and now it's going to be put in other people's hands but uh you know jj is definitely the person to take the helm uh after what ryan johnson did to the last one and uh, close out the story i wonder what the title is going to be i know it's got to be coming soon i bet you i bet you it drops when avengers comes out i bet that's one of the main anchor trailers that would be awesome yeah because then it's like okay well here's your big hype movie for the first half of the year avengers and then you see it you know you sit it looks like make it the last trailer yeah sit yeah. through some and then all of a sudden you're just like oh and then get yep. your mind blown by uh the russo brothers yep yep and give everybody chills the same way that the uh you know teaser for uh the force awakens did oh yeah and i was thinking like I, and i thought that might be a problem when they when they announced these um new trilogies or this new trilogy and now we're already on the last one. But uh, when they said they were going to have different directors for each, I'm like, Ugh, that's going to probably change the flavor of each movie. I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it proves true. Like The Last Jedi, it wasn't terrible. Um, it had its moments, but there's so it's you know, our friend of the show, Kevin Smith, put it bluntly and plainly. It was basically an F you to JJ. Anything yeah. that JJ <laughs> did, they undid, which made it super confusing. It's like watching an episode of Monday Night Raw. You don't know what yeah. the hell's going on. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what uh, J.J. undoes of what was undid to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny if they just ripped off Men in Black or something. And there's like, it starts out with like a clip of like John Boyega holding up a, a device similar to what they hold up to make mm-hmm. you forget. And it's just <laughs> like episode nine or episode eight never happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Uh, the fun thing, at least for me, is that Star Wars Episode Nine hits theaters on my birthday, December 20th. So uh, happy birthday to me. That is a good birthday. You know, uh, they moved up Endgame, but Endgame is going to come out on mine. Ah. But now I think there's some crappy-ass movie <laughs> coming out on mine because <laughs> Avengers decided to rake in an extra dough and open a week earlier, which is not hurting my feelings any. No, no, it gives you a chance to see it uh, even sooner. Yes. All right. Uh, So moving on from the world of Star Wars over to DC and Warner Brothers, um, we mentioned a couple weeks back that uh, Ben Affleck is now officially out as Batman. He is not going to be portraying the Cape Crusader in Matt Reeves' version um, of the Batman. And, uh, you know, it it, it started out, uh, you know, after Justice League that, um, boy, I hope that didn't get picked up. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear anything, so you're good. Oh, 
No. I got a weird like video thing that popped up. Anyway, uh, oh. Ben Affleck was going to write, direct, and star in the Batman movie. It was handed over to Matt Reeves after Affleck uh, went into um, into rehab, and uh, Affleck's come out now and basically given his thoughts on uh, retiring from being the Cape Crusader. Um, basically said, I tried to direct a version of it and worked with a really good screenwriter, but just couldn't come up with a version of uh, it that I could crack. Uh, so I thought it was time to let someone else take a shot at it, and they've got some really good people. Really doesn't say, you know, his emotional state of not being asked back, but uh, we already know that um, the Matt Reeves version is targeting a younger Batman, somebody who's in his you know, first to second year of um, you know, being the Batman. Yeah, I uh, sorry. I was uh I had my thing froze up, but I'm happy that he's no longer Batman. Um not sure who's gonna take over the next one. I've seen I've seen it be rumored to be uh, what is the Army Army Ar Hammer Ar Army Hammer. Yep. He denied it, and then they were talking about Edward from uh, Robert Pattinson from Twilight, which I really Oof. don't want to see. Um, the other one they were talking about was uh, the actor who plays Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Um, don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but I, Jon again... Snow. It's it's like me when I I blanked on. Uh, Lena had Hades name or whatever her name. So, yeah, I did it again. So, but on my notes, I suck. I'm not very good with that stuff. And I've actually seen him in person and he's all of five foot six, five foot seven. So trying to make him this overpowering, huge figure that Batman is supposed to be might be a little difficult if they, if he was the one they decided to cast. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who um, the next uh, next one's going to be for sure. Well, I can't imagine it'll be too long before we hear who it's going to be because, I mean, they're actively developing uh, the movie. Uh, it's in script form right now. And then uh, once they start shooting, uh, we should know more and more details. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if they just went back and had Michael Keaton? Well, we talked about that before, that what would be awesome is Batman Beyond. So in the future and having Michael Keaton be that old Bruce Wayne. Gosh, that would be sweet. I'd love that. Yeah. But See, they're not asking our opinion, so. No, so, but you wonder, anybody listening out there? You're downloading, <laughs> so you must be listening. <laughs> um, so one of the things we talk about constantly is the DC properties at Warner Brothers and the different formats that we enjoy and we don't enjoy. Uh, so, for instance, the live-action movies have been not the greatest over the last few years, whereas their uh, animated films have been fantastic. Oh, and absolutely. The most recent one that they announced is something that uh, makes the little kid and both of us uh, jump out in glee, is a crossover and it's going to be Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, again, two properties we love, have loved through their existence, and uh, now it's going to be a animated feature for Warner Brothers, which, as we know, they do a phenomenal job with. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, it's definitely a different art style for the Ninja Turtles, but man, after after where they're at today, I'm really happy to see what, at least in this movie, what they look like. So, um, like you said, DC animated uh, movies have been killing it. So I'm excited to see this, especially what a there's a current comic book uh, series with them going on right now. And uh, I don't read those comics, but I bet it is uh, going to be pretty close to that. And nonetheless, as a fan of the TMNT and Batman, I'm excited to see it. And they've got some really good voice actors joining the cast as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, Kevin Conroy is not voicing Batman. He's uh, my favorite Batman voice of all time. But they have Troy Baker, who, uh, if you were familiar with uh, the Arkham Origins video game, does a very good uh, Bruce Wayne Batman and Joker as well. Oh, that's going to be sweet. Yeah, you've got uh, Darren Chris, who will be voicing Raphael. Uh, Saturday Night Live's Kyle Mooney, who will be playing uh, Michelangelo. Uh, Baron Vaughn, who I'm not familiar with, and Eric Bauza, who are going to be Donatello and Leonardo. Again, names I'm not super familiar with there. However, you do get uh, Rachel Bloom of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, will be uh, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Uh, Ooh, Tom nice. Keeney, who is Squ SpongeBob SquarePants, he'll be Penguin. Uh, everybody's favorite, favorite robot, Bender, John DiMaggio, will be doing Mr. Freeze. Tara Strong, who uh, many of you know as uh, Raven from Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, is going to be Harley Quinn, Quinn and Poison Ivy. And then you get uh, Carlos Alas Rocky, which uh, if you ever watched uh, 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 Reno 911, he's one of the actors from that. Uh, he's going to be Bane and uh, Ross Al Ghul. Ooh, very cool. Does it say when it's coming out? Uh, all it says is late this spring. Oh, so well. pretty pretty soon. Well, I'll definitely be watching it. It definitely looks cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving from DC Animation over to Marvel Animation. Uh, we gave our review early on of Spider-Man and Spider-Verse, which was a fantastic animated version of Spider-Man. And congrats um, to them, right? Yeah, yeah. First, um, is this the first time for a Marvel movie? I think it is. I think it is. I mean, technically, it's a Sony movie, but. But and what we're getting at is we are 24 out less than 24 hours removed as we record this podcast from the uh, Oscars and uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Feature Film. It so, even beat out. The Incredibles 2 from Pixar, and Pixar generally walks away with that award on any given year. Oh, yeah. They're tough to beat. The Incredibles 2 was fantastic. I mean, yeah. that was definitely a worthy and uh, well-deserving movie, but so, so stoked for Spider-Man <laughs> to win it because it was, it, was, it was awesome. That was one of yeah. my favorite movies last year. Yeah, no, it was great. And the funny thing is when it was an, originally announced, it was sort of unusual because we had just come off of uh spider-man uh far from home no homecoming and uh had no idea that they were even making an animated spider-man movie and uh when it came out it definitely held up you know it's from the guys who did um uh the lego movie originally phil um phil lord and chris miller and had that perfect action comedic and a very unique animation style to it as well yeah, it was, it's so good. And uh, 
I can't wait. The Blu-ray is going to be out here in a few weeks, and uh, as well as digital format. And uh, we're going to be getting uh, a, a Spider-Ham short. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to get a uh, Looney Tunes-type Spider-Ham uh, short called Cotton Ham. And uh, Spider-Ham is voiced by one of my favorite stand-up comedians out there right now, John Mulaney. And, uh, you know, it'll be sort of a nice little addition to the whole look and feel of uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse when it comes out on home video. That's awesome. So awesome. Which is very cool. And you, you'll probably be able to find it online as well if you don't pick up the Blu-ray version. Oh, I'm sure YouTube. You seem to be able to find a lot of that stuff that way. Um, yep. And I know anymore, if you get like the film on digital, whether it's Amazon or wherever you... Uh, Hulu, or not Hulu, excuse me, Voodoo, or wherever you buy your digital films from, uh, they seem to be packed with all those bonus things that you would buy the disc for typically. But seems like everything's going extremely more digital nowadays making it super convenient which i'm not complaining about it's less right. cl less clutter you have to have around the house so <laughs> so uh yeah check it out in the next couple of weeks you'll get the digital version and then following that you'll get uh, the blu-ray and uh i know i'll definitely be checking it out oh for sure it looks awesome just even in the little still frame there which you can see on our uh, facebook page but it's gonna be I, I hope it's going to be good. I mean, if anything, it's it's Spider-Man universe. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving our way over to the Marvel MCU, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, who plays Anne Pepper Potts in uh, the Iron Man series, basically announced that Avengers Endgame would be her farewell to the character and comic book movies as a whole. Uh whether or not that's a huge loss, uh, for me, not really. I mean, she played a big part in Iron Man 3. Um, I have a feeling that she's going to probably get a suit of her own in uh, Endgame. Better than that, uh, losing her doesn't really break my heart because she's not one of the main characters, even though she did very well in the character um, parts that she was in. Yeah, for me, I you know what's funny is growing up, or when we were growing up in high school, when she was doing like the Shakespeare in Love and and ex Great Expectations and all those, I was like, eh, just don't see the uh, the draw to Gwyneth Paltrow. And when she went to Marvel, I was like, eh. But then I don't know. There's something about her. I just think she's 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 sexy. I like her, <laughs> but I uh, I'm not. But her, like you said, her character is. You know, I think it's coming to an end with her and Tony Stark. I think their, you know, their time in the MCU is going to be pretty much done. Maybe a cameo here and there, but other than that, having having to be main time, it's just not going to happen anymore. Which is to be expected with all the big big name people over time. So exactly, exactly. So uh, we'll have to wait to see what what her role is and how she plays into Avengers Endgame, uh, which comes out uh, a few more months. But yeah, in the meantime, yeah, in the meantime, we get Captain Marvel in, uh, ooh, is that open two weeks from now? Oh, yeah, we are two weeks away. It's not out uh, this next this week. It's out next week, actually, next Friday. Not this coming Damn. Friday, 
but next Friday. So, <laughs> so two Fridays away from Captain Marvel, which oh, at this awesome. point is getting rave reviews. Uh, everybody who's seen it so far in the first press screen say that uh, it could potentially be one of the best Marvel movies there is. Um, also coming away from that first press screening is that uh, obviously we lost Stan Lee earlier um, last year and uh, the movie Captain Marvel looks to open with a touching tribute to him. They didn't give any spoilers away on what that entails, but uh, you know, to pay homage to him right away, uh, I think is definitely the classy thing to do given his influence, uh, not only in these movies, but in uh, most culture as it exists these days. Right. Um, I'm wondering, cause like um, at the end of a once upon a Deadpool, they did a tribute at the very end, instead of having a, uh, you know, post credit scene, they actually mm -hmm. aired a tribute. I wonder if it's going to be similar, if not the same one they had for that. Nonetheless, very touching, very awesome, and uh, uh, look forward to it. I mean, it's Marvel. Um, I can't think of a, one Marvel movie I've been disappointed in in the MCU. Yeah. And looking through the article, it looks like uh, Endgame is going to be um, Stanley's last cameo. So he had already shot his cameo for Captain Marvel and for Avengers Endgame uh, prior to his passing, which means that, uh, yeah, we'll st still get a little bit of him uh, for at least the next two movies. That's going to be great. Um, I was going to say, too, um, confirmed, which we would already know being Marvel nerds, but you can expect a mid-credit and an end uh, extra credit at the end of Endgame, or uh, Captain Marvel. It's been confirmed. So Yeah. So yeah stick around funny. for those. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the headline, this IGN headline from the article you sent me, and, and you know, it says, does Captain Marvel have a post-credit scene? Well, Asking if a Marvel movie has a post-credit scene is like asking if the sky is blue. You know, <laughs> it should be pretty self-explanatory. But I get why they title it that because not everybody's as involved as we are, and you know that tends to be the first thing all Google after the credits start rolling for a movie that's not a Marvel movie. You know, does uh, you know How to Train Your Dragon uh, have an end credit scene? And so. Um, as you already confirmed, there's going to be a mid-credit and a post-credit. My guess is one of those will relate back to Avengers Endgame. The other will probably relate to a Captain Marvel sequel. Right. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be sweet. Two weeks. Two weeks. We're Two almost weeks. there. We're already here. <laughs> and then we're going to be talking about Endgame. Endgame. We'll be getting to Endgame. I know. All right, so that does it for movie news. Now we're moving on to the final leg of our show. It's been a long and one. If it's you been guys a good are one. still here, yeah, if you guys are still here, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate thank it. It's like a big, big time episode. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about video games, which we touch on here and there. And in this case, it's uh, all Nintendo edition. Nintendo so the... on the Proton Podcast. Nintendo, let's talk about it <laughs> Somebody please write a jingle. Yes, please. Um, probably the most iconic Nintendo game of all time is the very first Super Mario Brothers that uh, was typically packaged with the system when you bought it. And so you got that and Duck Hunt together. But they did release some copies of Super Mario Brothers just on its own. And 
recently in a private transaction, a sealed copy of that very first game garnered $100,150. Did you want to do that like Dr. Evil? Were you about to ready to go $150 million and then sound (laughs) like Dracula when you're trying to do the voice? (laughs) Not necessarily. I uh, started reading the number and then realized that... uh, (laughs) The way I was reading it wasn't how the actual number was coming out. So $100,150 is what somebody paid for. Obviously, they didn't reveal who it was, but it is the largest transaction for a single collectible game ever. No, thank you. I don't care if it's sealed. Right. (laughs) Ridiculous, but... Somebody had money to burn, so good for them, man. Yeah. But that's insanity that it went for that much. I mean, yes, it was one of the best games ever made, but... Mm, uh. Well, and it probably goes back to the fact that it's so hard to find, you know, a standalone sealed copy considering, you know, most versions of the game were packaged with the system. True. Man, I wish you could go back. If I could time travel, man, I definitely that'd be awesome to tell our parents to like, hey, make sure you get that and stash it away. So well, that's day, what I you say. Know, you don't know, let if, the kids touch it, man. Just yeah. stash that stuff. If I could so. time travel back within my own lifespan, I'd tell my parents, any toy you get for my kids or for your kids, get a second one just to stash away. Let them play with one, stash away the other. They'll be worth a ton later on. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. I see stuff now. I'm like, oh, I had that, but it's in, you know, the last time I saw it in the condition it was in, it ain't worth that no more. Nope. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the way life goes. You know, the sad thing is, and what happened with uh, Marvel Comics in the early 90s, was they realized that, you know, some of these things were becoming collector's items. So they tried mass producing and creating limited versions of these that, um, they ended up uh, diluting the whole collectible market. You know, a version of Jim Lee's X-Men number one, which would normally go for quite a bit if you had a good version of it, you know, is still a, a $5 book. Right. That's just insane. Oh, but, I you know, know, there is, like, if you ever watch on uh, YouTube, there's a one of the wrestlers, uh, and his real name is Austin Creed. He does Up, Up, Down, Down, which is actually a pretty entertaining YouTube video game channel. Um, which is why I bring it up. And he always goes to, when they go to Japan, he's always in there buying collectible games. It's actually pretty neat. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one that bought it. So (laughs) that's cool. Yeah. You may want to, uh, just add a link to one of his YouTube channel shows. Yeah. I'll put that up there. Cause he is actually, you know, I, you know, he's one of those weird new day guys, that one with the unicorns that you see on there he's one of those dudes but like in real life he's just a big gamer like he has his own youtube show and it's like i said it's actually really entertaining so (laughs) if you're into video games of course yeah yeah and now if you were a fan of the original mario games and decided hey you know what i could make levels better than that um now is your second chance to do that or at least coming soon with uh, super mario maker 2 which was uh obviously the sequel to the game on the wii u that allowed you to build your own super mario levels put your own characters in there and then share it with the world uh so that other people could play 
And so they've got the direct sequel of that coming out. Uh, Tony, do you want to talk about some of the little differences between the sequel and the original? It's a Mario. Woohoo! Yeah, they added a ton more things. Uh, Super Mario Maker was a fun late gem that came out on the ill-fated Wii U. Um, I've been waiting for them to bring a port to the Switch because they've been porting all their big games that was on the U over to the Switch. And um, instead of porting it, they're actually just making a whole new one. Uh, added Taking everything that was great about the original, which you could recreate levels from uh, Super Mario Brother 1 style, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, and then new Super Mario Brothers. They'd skip Super Mario 2 because I don't know if they quite own the... Because that was Doki Doki Panic in Japan. So mm. so I don't yeah. think they really own that art style. So that's probably why they don't utilize it. Yeah, cause... and that's the one thing I was hoping for when I saw you know you sent this over to me. I was scanning through the piece hoping that there was going to be uh, inclusion of uh, Super Mario 2 type elements. Me too. But no, they included uh, Super Mario uh, new Super Mario World 3D that came out on the Switch, or excuse me, on the Wii U, which I wish they would just port over to the Switch. That was a fun game um, where you turn into Cat Mario. So that's new. They added the Angry Sun from Super Mario 3. Um, they added a few new characters that weren't in the original. Um, Luigi is now a part of it. You can play as different characters. But the draw of this game is not just the fact that um, this game is perfect for the switch. Take it on the go, design the levels on the screen, on the touch screen uh, versus having to do it on the TV and then upload your levels for everyone to play online. So um, one of my favorite things about the first one was going and playing other people's designs. Um, lots of creative uh, levels out there. Um, so while you'll never actually be beating the game, um, you're always constantly playing some crazy new version of Super Mario. So Yeah, it's basically endless replay value. Yeah, and I never got burned out on the Wii U version. It's They did so many cool levels. They even took a, re, like, remat, you know, you could, they redid, like, the original Super Mario Brothers level in Super Mario Brothers 3 graphics and things like that. So very neat, very excited. And what the best part of the announcement is, is this is going to drop uh in june so uh it's it's only a couple months away so uh really awesome uh reference uh, again wish they would have added uh super mario brother 2 artwork but uh a lot of new uh, backgrounds placeable objects and uh we'll we'll keep you posted as uh, they release more news because that was yeah. just a reveal so yeah, and there's no word yet if uh, levels made for the original Super Mario Maker will uh, um, go over to this one. So, uh, oh, you know, I know man, that's I hope so. That... There were so many cool levels, man. I can't imagine they wouldn't. You know, it's it's still Nintendo. They don't support the Wii U anymore. Um, I, it would be dumb for them not to be able to port. Right. That. Well. I do got to knock Nintendo on one thing, their online service. Uh, see, Xbox, at least, they took some of the games you bought from the 360 marketplace and you were able to play them on your Xbox One. And anything digital you bought doesn't port over, which is silly. Um, their marketplace is not very good, so mm -hmm. they still have something to work on. Now, the online, though, I think we'll talk about another game here in a few, but uh, their online is actually surprisingly not bad. It works well on Smash Brothers. 
Um, there's no talking unless you want to dial up somebody on their phone, but, um, <laughs> but the actual connectivity is, is very neat and the challenges are fun. So very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. And then, so moving on to the last piece of Nintendo news is that, uh, for the switch, Nintendo has announced that they are remaking, uh, the legend of Zelda links awakening, which was the game boy, uh, color game uh very much similar to uh the original legend of zelda or the one that was on the super nintendo where it was a top-down style uh so much fun and uh they're remaking it for the switch all new graphics and uh it it looks like it's going to be amazing i'm glad you said that because that's how i felt um it's getting a lot of hate is it really? Yeah, people are bitching about it. They don't like the way Link looks. They say he's too cartoony. And, I, and my thoughts to you is like, get over yourselves, man. They took a game from a black and white Game Boy and completely redid it to take, you know, of course it's not going to take advantages of, you know, like Breath of the Wild or something like that. It's right. not meant to. It's a throwback to a simple time when it was a top view. And to me, it looks incredible incredible and it made me excited because i'm like well if they if this does well could we finally get a remade super mario land or super mario land 2 from the game boy those games were great they the were graphics were crap but <laughs> could you imagine a modern day version of those games it'd be sweet they'd be so much fun or even give me man this just excites me because my favorite of the legend of zelda to this day is uh, the super nintendo one a link to the past love yep. that game um so i'm excited i never played link's awakening because i i don't know i just wasn't much of a game boy guy i had it and i had some games for it but that just wasn't my thing i was more <laughs> of the console at home type of dude so yeah no i had the game but it was one of those things where it was tough you know it's a big game in a little cartridge and a little format that you know if you wanted to continue playing you know it wore on your eyes i had the um the magnifying glass adapter for the game boy that like blew it up and oh yeah i remember that but uh yeah no it was it was tough to play long versions of games on the game boy did you have the Super Game Boy on the uh, Super Nintendo, like that cartridge you plug in and then you pop your Game Boy game in and then it would play in somewhat color? Like I didn't. The last version I had was the Game Boy Color with um, one of the Pokemon games. Oh, gotcha. Because I never, I never ended up getting a Game Boy Color. I did have a DS one of the first ones when it came out and i think that was the last portable nintendo i owned i mean they do it great i just i just have never went back out and bought them because i'm like it's just another system where i have to buy a bunch of new games and yeah i just didn't never bother with it but uh <laughs> yeah uh, do you uh, i mean i loved the first legend of zelda legend of zelda 2 was so vastly different but I remember spending so many hours playing that, and it was a hard-ass game. Oh, yeah. It was definitely uh, super tough. I mean, you just got to have that time to play these things, you know? Yeah. But it was a side-scroller versus, you know, the top-down that we were used to. Oh, uh, yeah. Which I never, I never really ended strange. up beating that one. Did you end up beating it? I think I eventually did but i just remember it being so incredibly hard 
Yeah, I never beat uh, Link's Awakening. I beat the first Zelda with the help of Game Genie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that was tough. But I did beat um, uh, Link to the Past um, on Super Nintendo start to finish. I went through that entire game, and I what an epic journey. Um, wish I could say the same for the Switch. Uh, the Breath of the Wild is a beautiful game and a must-own if you have a Switch. But not very far in that game and i've owned it for over a year so if that, <laughs> just, if that tells you anything that tells the uh time i guess i don't devote to video games so yeah not so much anymore no still love to buy them i still love to own them but i just don't uh i i like i'm that anymore with what little time i have to do games i like the quick pick them up and fight them games like something i could play real fast like smash brothers um i actually mastered it i unlocked everything so you know, oh, certain games cool. like that, you know, when they're bite-sized, yeah. you can pick up, play a little here and there, right. and you just chip away. Or Madden, where you can spend a half an hour playing a game and then put it down after you're done. Exactly. Absolutely. That's definitely one of the things. And I know we got to get ready to end it here. Um, but I got to – I know it didn't make the thing, but two quick video game notes. Uh, the president of Nintendo stepped down. Um, he announced that on Friday. Reggie Ames is stepping. And ironically, they're handing it over to a guy I don't have the notes in front of me, but his last name is Bowser. So kind of <laughs> kind of fitting. Uh Reggie yeah. I thought Reggie's time with Nintendo was great. He's the one that brought brought the Wii out and uh and introduced the DS and so he made a lot of fun fun things while his run at Nintendo. So hopefully Bowser can uh keep that up and hopefully, you know. We'll see how that goes. And then the last game I want to talk about, if you own a Switch, it's completely free if you have the online. It's called Tetris 99. It's a Battle Royale version of Tetris. It is addicting, <laughs> fun, and it's online only. I've The best I've made it out of 99 players is I made it to 20. So, And what it is is you're constantly playing a game of Tetris, but at the same time, You've got other people that are being linked to your map and they're dropping blocks on you. So you're getting hit at different angles and you got to be really good. And uh, it's a very fast, intense pace with the original music remixed. Um, so it's only on Nintendo Switch. It's completely free if you have the online. Highly recommend it if, you, if you've if you got it in like puzzle games. It, it's, it reimagines the fun of what tetris hardy is and to me that's still one of my favorite puzzle games so yeah definitely so it works out it works out well very cool all right well that does it for this week's supersized episode uh, as tony mentioned earlier uh check us out online uh on facebook we're proton pack podcast on instagram also at Proton Pack Podcast. We had, uh, from our previous episode, a huge spike in downloads. So if you were part of that uh, over the last uh, week, week and a half, um, thank you very much. Uh, we don't know where you came from or how you came to find us, but uh, it was amazing to see that uh, number just shoot up. All right. In closing, wise men say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a late pizza. Booyakasha. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.